so often throughout the course of history. Patriots rise up at a time of need for truth and freedom. These people are called disciples of liberty for their undying love of freedom. The call has been sounded. Will you answer that call or sit back and let freedom die away? Unifying patriots everywhere against the evil trying to destroy America's freedom. You're listening to the Disciples of Liberty radio show on the America Out Loud Network. Now here's your host, Tim Alders. Welcome, Disciples of Liberty. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Today, it's God, School, 9-11, and JFK, the lies that are killing us by our new Disciple of Liberty and, and new friend to the show, Bruce D. Torres. He is here to talk about the book, and the book is exactly that name, God, School, 9-11, and JFK, the lies that are killing us. Bruce, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, so how'd you like the intro? That's the first time you've heard the intro. It is. I loved it. It woke me up. Uh, rock and roll. Love it. <laughs> you, you know, the, the reason I do the show, and, and folks, I look for people that aren't just eloquent speakers, who aren't just passionate about their topics, but are well-researched and able to back up what they write about. And the problem with a lot of these things is people label them conspiracy theories or people who talk about it conspiracy um, so Bruce, uh, you know, welcome. I've been called that a lot throughout my years. I, I'm sure you are, but what brought you to this point in life to write about this show? Because your history, you're a, you're a actor. Um, you, uh, you know, people would, would throw that right when they hear that word, uh, throw you right in the pile as somebody who loves big government. Uh, but what brought you to where you are today and, and why the book? Someone who seemed credible told me in 2004, 9-11 isn't what it seems. So I started looking into that and had my mind blown. Before that, for years, I was writing a book about energy, about consciousness, about the mystical, magical, spiritual nature of reality. And I had been doing that for about almost 10 years at that point. And I was in no rush. And then for years and years and years, I researched reality, suppressed information. I'd always been a reader, a lifetime uh, daily reader. All my life could be called reading interrupted. Honestly, I just, I, uh, that's, that's, so when I get obsessed about something, get out of my way. I, I you know, and it led to so much behind the curtain, the, the baloney, the nonsense, the, the fake, the fakeness, the, the truth of the Federal Reserve was a huge turning point. That's when I literally stood up with the people I was with, friends, and I said, you mean there's really a dragon to slay? There's really a dragon to slay? Yes, I was an actor. It can get a little dramatic. You know, um, <laughs> one of my longtime guests that I had on the show multiple times in my early career was uh, G. Edward Griffin. 
the Creature of Jekyll Island. Uh, you know, and I recommend that book to everybody. That's one of my favorite books on the history of the elites that control our our government. And we'll get into that because that's part of your book too. Uh, but let's start with God. Uh, it's the first byline in the thing. And, and I'm a religious man. Many of my people are, are, you know, what they'd call evangelical Christians or conservative Christians. I'm LDS, um, you know, and uh, I, I don't ever judge anybody on the Christians because the founding fathers were very diverse. Some believed in nature's God. Others believed in, in you know, Presbyterian or Lutheran. They, they just were very diverse. But why is God important in your book? Because like the quote-unquote official story of school, public education, 9-11 and JFK, the four major topics of my book and in my title, the by my analogy is the official story. I don't agree with the official story. Here's the case for the quote-unquote, the truth that sets us free. And it that my chapter about God examines ruthlessly the effect of organized religion, specifically Christianity and specifically Catholicism in distinction to the truth about God, which is an eternal love and consciousness that is you, is me, is here for all of us. And that can make us lighthearted, can empower our life. And that is our true identity. I make the point in the book that to see our creator everywhere makes this heaven. And I just gave a presentation at uh, my first JFK conference, and I, I made the point that metaphysics is the strongest idea, concept, empowering uh, understanding we could develop for ourselves to deal with the state of the country, the state of freedom, the state of America, the state of our health, we're at the we're at the edge on so many fronts that we need to leverage all the power, strength, et cetera, that we possibly can. And the spiritual reality of existence uh, in, in one chapter or a few chapters, because it's about but 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 I, I hope that the takeaway for however much I dissect Christianity, I give in turn a very, very empowering idea of the spiritual nature of reality, the love that is with us at all times, and how to access that. You know, I, I come from a very diverse family. They immigrated here from Holland after World War II. Both my parents were in work camps, basically concentration-type camps. I've done shows throughout my uh, time on uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, you know, the Koran. Uh, so I've researched religion. I'm part of an organized religion, but one of my things that I've always said is that government utilizes religions and organized religions to divide us. And if everybody of every religion could unite under the fact that uh, if we united under love and got rid of hate, uh, you know, then we'd be a lot better nation and, and a lot better people. But, you know, people want to call it racism or uh, systemic racism, but it, it's hatred. You know, the one thing about being free is you have the freedom to hate other people and be stupid. And people don't get that. And it's, it's when I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and, and it, I'm in a predominantly area of African-Americans, they hate me because I'm white. Do you know what I mean? It's like hatred exists among everybody. And until we can get past that and past the things that separate us, that government loves to utilize the things that separate us, like religion, to... 
keep us divided and not paying attention to the things they're doing that we'll get into with the rest of the book. So school. Uh, school's been a, a hot topic for me. One of the things that uh, has bothered me is the uh, takeover of the education system. And I just did a show on uh, the uh, deadliest addiction in America today is socialism. And uh, people don't understand what true socialism is. And But 99% of college professors and teachers are left-leaning socialists. And that's how Russia and the Chinese figured to take over America is by taking over our government. Our government just played right into that in the 60s by making a, a federal government that dictates all education. What's your thoughts on education? It's a crime against humanity the way it's still set up and delivered in the United States of America because it is unnatural to the human animal and the human as a spiritual animal. And it is for the purposes of mind control to make us uh, subservient uh, order followers and order takers. It has, uh, that's, that's its function. And uh, to, to wake up to that is, is I examine, I, I logically, well, as you just alluded to, Tim, in the 1960s, there was a major a change in the curriculum. Maybe it started a little earlier that and it, and it rolled into, it's been continuing ever since. It's a process to mushify our minds, well-documented by Charlotte Thompson Iserbeet in The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. Do you know that book? Yes, I do. Woo-hoo. And what about John Taylor Gatto, The Hidden or the Underground History of American Education? Yes, that was a great, amazing book. I did a show on it back in 2012, I think. So, Thank so, you. so, yeah. so yeah, I get it. And, and when we talk about programming of people's mind, what people don't understand, and I've done shows on this, is that the human mind is susceptible to suggestion. And if you hear things enough, you know, if, if it wasn't susceptible to suggestion, there'd be no commercials on TV. If you couldn't program somebody's eyes, mind with, oh, that looks like it tastes good, and now all of a sudden I want a burger. And we've all had that feeling. We've all watched a show where we've seen something pop up and say, I got to have that. You know, it's, it's nothing that you were thinking of five minutes prior, but that programming made you want it in one 30-second commercial. And people don't understand. These kids are getting that ed- education eight hours a day. And it's being written and formulated by people who want to control your lives and feel they can control your destiny more than you can. So I loved it when I saw this book title, and, and that's why I reached out to you, is because you know, you're addressing the very things that started the takeover of our nation and is systematically destroying liberty as we know it and as our founders envisioned it. Amen. On the first page of my book, I say my theory of reality in the universe. This was the aha for the, for the spiritual ideas was, okay, uh, why do we love life? Why do we want to exist? Well, we're all made out of energy. That's a nice idea for the last 150 or more years. We're, we're all made out of energy. Okay, quantum physics. Okay. Well, what's energy? Okay. They say maybe, maybe it's a theory. It burst into existence 14 billion years ago. Okay, if it did, why did it do that? Because it wanted to? 
here's here's my secret sauce. Here's the here was the idea that I, I never wrote a book before. I'm going to write a book about energy. Maybe energy is the intention to exist. It propelled itself into existence. The intention is the ability. And in this model, it evolves and evolves and evolves because it is always the intention to exist. Everything is made of energy. Our thoughts have the intention to exist. We can become obsessed with something. We ask a question, why is my life awful? That will attract lots of answers, and I can prove that to myself. Or any other question, I'm free to ask any question. Why is my life wonderful? I will attract all those answers have, they want to exist, they will exist. And metaphysically, prayer, manifestation, whatever we can imagine, Tim, in this model. Look how excited I got. Maybe I'll write another book about it. Um, You're going to have the same issue as me. My brain works the same way yours does. I hear a topic or I'm out somewhere and all of a sudden my brain says, you got to write a book. And that's why I'm in the process of writing seven books right now, Bruce, because we're so... uh, we we care, we're passionate about what we hear, and then we want to elaborate on it. And to, to turn this back to the education system for a minute, because we've got to stay on track a little bit. Uh, one of the books I'm writing is uh, Designing Your Own Dreams. And I, I fundamentally address the problem we have with the education system in America. We ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, if you tell me what you are, I can tell you how you're going to live your life. Instead of asking a kid, how do you want to live your life? You know, do you want to vacation? Do you want to travel? Do you want a really nice house? Do you want to live in a cabin? Do you want a tiny house? And, and helping them find a way to accumulate wealth because wealth accumulation is not that hard. But we, we put these kids in a box. You know, be a fireman, be a police officer, go be a PhD uh, scientist. And that's going to be how they spend their life as a slave to labor, paying this government this huge amount of tax to keep the Federal Reserve going and not living the life of happiness that everybody should be living. So schools was used to program people that you have to be something that is in the mainstream. And I think that's the problem with... um, the generations today that, that want to think outside the box and the internet gives you opportunity to think outside the box to where I don't need to go get a PhD. I can learn to program as a two-year-old and by the time I'm 10, I can write a program that I can sell for a billion dollars. You know, they're dreaming more than, than generations under us. Between the 30 and 50-year-olds, and they're dreaming more and, and that is making government really upset because you dare to dream. How dare you? Absolutely. There's so much you just described that is worthy of such expansion. And the, the box that school crushes us into, I suspect we learn what we do. It So, before the curriculum or the content of the curriculum, Tim, what do, what do we do all day in school? Nothing. We sit around and we wait to be told what to do. That's what our kids learn in school. And yes. School is slavery. I, I mean, if you want to talk about placing chains on our children, you're teaching them to sit in a chair, listen to the direction of somebody else, 
and live based on their opinion. So whichever teacher, professor, whatever you have, they're telling you their opinion. And if you challenge that opinion in today's education system, you're, you're villainized. You are the vitriol that goes towards you and the teachers will turn that against you. I've seen so many little YouTubes of stuff where a teacher, somebody records a teacher just attacking and destroying somebody for challenging that teacher's thought process. And, and they're teaching the children right from the start that you can't have adult conversation. You can't agree to disagree. And that is a, a systemic problem in America. If there are any deep, there's a great book called Bullyocracy by Don Jeffries. And in a nutshell, you could say the thesis is this is bully nation and it rewards bullies. And school is a, is a, is a, is a laboratory for the, the allowance of bullying there. Again, this is separate from the cover story, the lip service given to supposedly fighting, bullying, et cetera. Um, it rewards, it inculcates, because like so much of the media message, the experience is trauma-based mind control, and that's how you make a slave. I posted a meme the other day, and I, it was called Near Future Game Show, and it says, sorry, Arthur, your answer was actually correct, but Paul shouted his opinion louder, so he gets the point. And an extra bonus also goes to Sue as she was offended by your answer, even though it was the truth. That's, that's the bullying that you're talking about. It's like, no matter how accurate you are, truth-based you are, researched you are, truth doesn't matter. It's whoever is the loudest bully in the room gets to win. Right. And there, whatever percentage of America is hypnotized by the, by the mainstream experience, including school and, and the media... And that's a large percentage, okay? And there are a lot of folks. The meme you just read, that's their reality. That's, that's how they function. There are institutions and, and corporations that are imposing that, those protocols, that prioritizing just like that in order to shape people's minds like that. I hope and believe that there are plenty of independent uh, free thinkers who, have been, who were using the internet so much that in a large way, that might be why there's an increase of these horrible public, gigantic, national and global events to terrify us and captivate us and to squash all the questions and all the agitating that we were doing. An example of what I'm trying to say is just when Epstein was arrested and then disappeared, we get... COVID-19, is, is COVID a gigantic false flag distraction cover story to hide and bury all that could have come out had Epstein been brought to justice and we could have found the truth about who he was partying with, who he was providing girls to, the goods he had on what world leaders and what policy, what policies were implemented through different governments who were who were under the capture of Epstein and the intelligence network that honey trapped those people? Long question, but you get the point. I, I get the point. And I actually did a show a long time ago on the fall of Rome. 
and how the Romans used distractions to uh, keep their citizens placated and happy. Uh, every time something would go bad somewhere in one of the, the, the Roman Empire's acquisitions, they would hold a big games, uh, chariots. And, and these are our games. I've noticed through 15 years of doing radio, every time something critical comes up in this nation and a discussion starts to happen, a war breaks out or an event happens that totally distracts people. Now, I'm not saying COVID isn't an illness. COVID probably wouldn't be an illness if our governments and governments throughout the world weren't trying to weaponize the flu virus and trying to look for more biochemical ways to kill people. Uh, You know, it's just amazing to me how people buy into the distractions like Epstein. With Epstein's, we would have learned exactly what Bill Gates was like. We would have learned what politicians were corrupt. Uh, It's just like Jack Abernoff when he was the uh, guy who was buying and owning almost every senator and congressperson in Washington, D.C., he got arrested and sent to jail and his little black book got him out quickly. Now he's a lobbyist again in Washington, D.C., registered and everything. Uh, When he first got out of jail, I interviewed him and I said, how many politicians did you personally own? He said, all of them. Uh, And and that's the fact that JFK that we'll get into uh, was trying to warn Americans just before somehow he miraculously was assassinated by some crazy guy or crazy um, guy was manipulated by a behind-the-scenes government. But, yeah, the fact of the matter is our education system is a major problem. And I was telling people the other day on the show, we have to strike back. We have to homeschool, home educate. We have to to pull away because nothing's going to irritate the government more than if 50% of the people in this country stopped allowing them to educate our children. Remember when Nancy Pelosi said it's a village and we can raise your children better than you? That should have been a, a major warning that went out across all media. But it was, it was recognized as a heroic statement that the government was basically coming out of the shadows and saying, we want to be able to raise your children because you can't teach them about freedom, liberty, love, uh, you know, we need to teach them about hatred, racism, uh, divide mm-hmm. the nations. If we don't control your children, we'll never take control. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the problem with the same thing with God in school. They use this to program. Remember when our military commanders told our presidents that the war in Afghanistan would never work unless we're willing to dedicate 20 to 30 years or annihilate the whole civilization? Because if we don't educate their children, they'll educate their children to always hate America. And our, our people said, well, we're not going to educate their children, and they still hate America. So it's been a pointless war because we've never, we've just allowed generation after generation to grow up wanting to attack us with our own weapons. But the point of the matter is, other countries recognize that we can't beat America militarily, but if we can infiltrate their schools and everything and program, this global elite society said we can take over the world by educating the children that they want us to take over the world. And that is what I believe is going on. And folks who know the founding, who know what we're supposed to be, um, are outraged by concepts like it, it takes a village. And the getting back to basics is what's so fundamental. And the, the number one basic is liberty, just as a concept. We used to be a country that was dedicated purely to that. And for a century, century and a half, we had, we had a rather good run. 
And in many ways, things changed with World War II. There were, there were many incremental steps away from what we were intended to be. But World War II and the national security state that got, play, that got in position and stayed in position after that could be the, the, the crisis and the turning point. And it's going to be grassroots, Tim, as you know. It's going to be person to person. It's going to be whoever's listening to this, whoever is going to personally put on the mantle of being a founding father. Because in some ways, America doesn't exist on this planet anymore. If America is a place under the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. We could argue that we have not been America for a very, very long time. And we have to impose that on our representatives if it's going to happen. And we'll continue with this. Bruce D. Torres, the author of God's School, 9-11 and JFK. You can get it at uh, the America Out Loud Network. We'll have the link up with this show. So you can just click on it and get it. The lies that are killing us and the truth that sets us free. Uh, Bruce D. Torres. Now remember, you're going to hear some sponsors after this break, the sponsors are what keeps free voices on the air. Our sponsors don't dictate and tell me what I can and can't talk about. The reason when I re-syndicated and came out, the reason I've never taken a, a paycheck for doing radio is whenever you want to take a paycheck, it comes with a contract. That they can stop any production of any show. I don't have that limitation. So we can criticize government, schools, However much we want, Bruce, on the other side. So we're going to get to the flip side of this, folks. And we have a lot of discussion left to go. But remember, the revolution is happening. Whether you want to admit it or not, uh, they are winning at every course because they're the only ones fighting. We keep thinking that government's going to fix the issue. Government is the issue, folks. And we'll talk about this on the, on the flip side. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. As we celebrate our five-year anniversary, America Out Loud has expanded its mission through a newly designed website with a host of new contributors, all carrying a vibrant message of hope and survival for this country we love. AmericaOutloud.com. Together, we'll secure the future for generations to come.
All right, God, school, 9-11 and JFK, the lies that are killing us and the truth that sets us free. You can find the book at the America Out Loud Network. The author, Bruce D. Torres, is here live on the show with me today. Uh, Bruce, I I love this. You know, because you have a background in acting, I'm going to bring up one of my favorite plays. I've seen it five times this year. It's at a local theater. It's uh, Les Mis. I can't say it. I say it the redneck way, Les Mis. And one of my favorite songs is when they talk about the voices of the angry men. Uh, you know, and they're waiting for everybody in France to rise up. I, I love the, the three shows, you know, Tale of Two Cities, uh, Les Mis, and uh, Scarlet Pimpernel, because it's sort of the history of, of what went on. You know, uh, Les Mis is when they were trying to start the revolution, but nobody else rose up and a bunch of, you know, college people um, died. And uh, Tale of Two Cities was when uh, they actually got the revolution going and started beheading people. And Scarlet Pimpernel was when they were trying to save some of the elites. Uh, So we talked about God and school on the last half. I want to skip 9-11 first and go to JFK since it's an older story. But, you know, people give our government too much credit. Our government is probably one of the most evil governments that's ever existed. And I say that, and I posed a question the other day on my show, and I'm going to pose it to you. Uh, Saddam Hussein, uh, Osama bin Laden, Gaddafi, were they truly evil sociopaths who wanted to control a nation, or were they useful idiots of the American CIA and government? Because we armed them, we funded them, we taught them how to fight, And then we turn them against us to start a war to distract us and divide us even more as a nation. And when you bring up stuff like that, and it's not hard to find. Our own government sprayed in the 60s toxic chemicals over St. Louis, poor people to, uh, you know, test a chemical. I talk about how the documents have been unredacted about the nuclear attacks on Japan, how they never needed to happen. Japan was already coming to the uh, table to sign uh, surrender, yet we launched the first nuclear bomb, and the, the scientists said, well, we don't need to launch another one. And they said, well, we need to because we need to know the maximum death capability of our weapons. So the second one never for sure had to be launched, but our government decided to test the killing ability of this new weapon. And so our government was horrific killing millions of people without any need to do so. So JFK was one of the first people that my parents had a little bust of JFK. And, and when I did my, vo- my show, Freedom's Voice Media Radio, uh, JFK was in my intro because JFK was one of the people, conservatives, uh, people labeled conservatives and Christians and, and people who care about liberty should love because JFK was trying to stop what he called a shadow government. And right after he came out and gave the speech about a shadow government, he was killed. Uh, And people think, well, it was just, you know, one crazy guy who didn't like the president. It never would have happened if it was just one crazy guy. Uh, What do you talk about on JFK? Because you just went to a JFK, um, spoke at a JFK convention or or something, and... uh, you write about JFK in your book. What was it about JFK you liked or disliked? Researching his assassination, trying to uh, write about how that was an inside job. I discovered Kennedy's greatness, which is that he, with eyes wide open, was confronting forces that kill 
to win. The military-industrial complex Eisenhower warned about in his farewell address January 17th, three days before Kennedy was sworn in, and the CIA, which by 1963 had perfected regime change. And the bottom line with Kennedy, the record shows, many authors have uh, documented voluminously, Kennedy was taken out by our national security state as a threat to its goals. What are its goals? The government is in the grips of the shadow government, the deep state, and really run and driven. I'm getting a great education with what I'm doing with my publisher. Manipulated by those in the shadows, that's at the secret societal level. That's skull and bones and other shadowy groups that manipulate not only our government, but our major corporations, our media, our pharmaceutical companies, uh, our our medical uh, school training, entertainment, Hollywood. It's full spectrum dominance, not just here in America, but around the world. And John F. Kennedy was killed for being a real president. You could, what's a real president, Bruce? A real president is one who works for one thing. Presidents have one job, to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. And to do all that that may unshackle and free free humans, free Americans to prosper and fulfill our potential as we individually can, would, and should. And since he was assassinated in 1963, we've had phonies and blowhards and puppets to various varying degrees until now you could say that America doesn't exist as a place where the Constitution is at all Uh, leading us, guiding us, restricting government. So I can't make a big enough deal about John F. Kennedy. And the the, the final reason to to study him is the example he is of courage. We, We are humans. We identify with the lead characters of the stories that we tell and that we listen to. We're not just cerebral nuts and bolts bean counters who just are motivated or even inspired by facts. You could, many, many have said through the centuries, we're a completely emotional, instinctive, impulsive animal. Not completely, it's a blend. And, it, and it's never one thing for long. But the, the heart and soul of humans is motivated by love and courage. It's, 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 those, are the, those are the right foot, left foot. And Kennedy is a blazing example of courage, which is just simply, you made the point earlier, what we are is what we'll do. Identity, I make the point of my, is that identity determines everything. You know, if you're a bird, we know you're going to fly. I could go on, Tim. What are you, one you one of my favorite interviews in my career was with a man named John Perkins. John Perkins wrote a book, um, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. And he has a new book out that I should be interviewing him on soon, uh, The New Confessions of an Economic Hitman. What this book is about is John Perkins alleges in the book, you know, uh, 
I, I take his word for it because I've spent a lot of time talking to uh, Mr. Perkins that he worked for governments, for large corporations to influence and change governments, overthrow governments by economic power. So the CIA, our government would say, we want to make a regime change in Iran. So you need to go there, make promises, money, economic problems. If they don't, we'll bankrupt them, we'll destroy them, or we'll kill them. And his book is a very powerful book on how the corporations rule our government. Uh, And the president is just a tool of the CIA anymore. And it was really interesting because one of my best mentors was Ronald Reagan's personal assistant, Ron Mann. He was the uh, chair of the Bicentennial of the Constitution, was responsible for hiring most of Reagan's staff. And eventually it got to the point where he was cleaning up the White House and government so much by replacing uh, these administrators and people in charge of all these different, um, you know, organized crime syndicates that they call, you know, the uh, Department of Education and and all all these agencies in the government. I call them, uh, you know, different divisions of organized crime. And he was threatened, and he had to retire from government, go to Idaho, live his life. I interviewed him months before his death, and I learned everything about the UFO cover-ups to governmental cover-ups to who's really in charge of the government. And any president who stands up against them, they assassinate or attempt. You know, Reagan had, what, two attempts on his life? Uh, because he wasn't following the status quo, just like former President Trump. He wasn't a very easily controlled person. Uh, they couldn't control the narrative. So they spent four years destroying credibility uh, among people. And, and this was the, one of the first elections I saw that was based solely on hate, uh, a vote based on hate, not for something better, but just out of hate. And so that is another amazing book, and we'll, we'll get into that. But if you do not believe, I, I look at this because my background is in business, helping businesses launch everything else. If you're in the business as a military industrial complex, and the reason it's called that is when you make weapons of mass destructions, missiles, grenades, tanks, it doesn't do you any good if your customers aren't using it and you can replace it. I, I equate this to, I have a fridge in my garage that was my mother's. It's well over 30 years old, and it still runs perfectly today. But corporations recognized that they couldn't build that kind of quality stuff because they needed people to refresh and buy every five to seven years. So nothing is manufactured today anymore that lasts long term. And it's the same thing as corporations have to keep their products renewed and innovated. Weapons people are the same thing. They only make money if there's wars. And so they will do everything they can to start wars. And what better distraction for the Epsteins and the things we were talking about in the last show than to start a conflict somewhere that we have no business as Americans to be in in the first place. Yes, and I'm a conservative who is anti-war. Wonderful. Um, You remind me, you're making the point. Smedley Butler made in War is a Racket. A must-read. A profitable racket. Heck yeah. It's it's amazing. And JFK wanted to point that out. He wanted the people to stand behind him and end this shadow government, this corporate racket. Because the founding fathers in their writings were against national corporations. 
Uh, they believed every business should be a small business in local towns, cities, and shouldn't extend past the borders of a state because once they start to monopolize, then they start to control. And I, I hate to tell this, one of the I, I used to do something called the Freedom Minute. It was a one-minute segment that played all over the country. And one of my best Freedom Minutes was the best investment I could recommend people to do is to buy their share of a congressman or senator. You know, for, for as little as $5,000 as a corporation, you can own your share of a congressman or senator, and that's the only way you'll get their ear if you have a problem to talk to them is if you're a donor. Yeah. Bruce, you can't get wow. speechless on yeah. me. Uh, this is exactly what your book's about, though, is educating people towards the so-called conspiracies. And I, I love it because conspiracies are only conspiracies until uh, – Documents are redacted and released 10 years later, and they prove factual. The reason we got into the Vietnam War uh, was proved artificially inflated by the military-industrial complex, but nobody looks that far back in history. Yeah, absolutely. And Mike, one of my credos is something will happen when enough of us know. When enough of us know that we're being lied to, it doesn't, it doesn't take 20%. It doesn't take 15% of the population. There, there have been evaluations that the, the folks active in any revolution is 3%, 4%. That's enough critical mass. And I'm not espousing violence, but I, I am espousing a revolution for the folks who are just spectators in life, who are not... Uh, outraged at being lied to and having our tax dollars used to commit crimes and who uh, have been you know, so dumped down and brainwashed as to be acclimated to that as their normal and to light a fire under enough of us to want to hold our representatives. Because when we take that responsibility and recognize Everything America does, that the, the federal government does, that is abusive, criminal, murderous, obscene, is done in our name. We are responsible. And it, 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 this, is a, this is a result of a, of, a, of a huge ignorance of history, because the history of the world is the history of the few trying to control the many. And one need only study the American founding to get the basics of the problem of government. It's a necessary evil. Although the anarchists have a whole other view of it that's compelling, it's fascinating, it speaks to libertarianism, and that's great. We don't have that luxury right now. We've got to deal with the fact that we have, a, we have uh, criminal enterprises being run uh, in our name, with our tax dollars, we are funding, we are culpable, we are morally responsible, and it's just getting worse. So that's why you do this show and people write books, and we try to give people, you know, the, the, the first handle to pursue. Spoon feed them. And I want to address two things you said. First, um, the American Revolution. John Adams was asked by Dr. Benjamin Rush. Uh, what the American Revolution was about. And, and John Adams said, the American Revolution will go down in history as a war against Britain. He goes, but it wasn't a traditional war. The revolution happened in the minds and the hearts 
of the colonists. All revolutions first have to happen within the minds and the hearts of the people. The people have to say enough is enough. We're going to stand up and we'll sacrifice everything we have to fight back. Now, I don't advocate for violence either. I feel our country's going to that direction. But one of the greatest things about our our compact of states, colonies, is that at any point, and Abraham Lincoln was the biggest violator of this, at any point we can withdraw. Texas always has the right idea when they're saying we need to secede from the union. Our government has instituted so much hate and so much division. I don't know if there's a healing between the left and right because they won't have adult conversations. And the left could not afford to run Chicago and Atlanta and California if there is a separation because they need the uh, working class to support their non-working class. Uh, But I tell people all the time, advocate for secession. If you want real change, start to threaten the government that we're going to secede. And our own government will show its true colors because we advocated for the uh, Soviet Union, the USSR, to allow its states, its uh, the Ukraine, Poland, everybody to secede and go about their own. We advocated the wall coming down in Germany. Uh, we've advocated the recognition of Israel. So we have dismantled so many governments that I wonder how our government would react if 40, you know, they say it's 37 red states said enough's enough, we're going our own way. You know, then it's going to mandate a forced discussion of this revolution. So it it happens on the state levels, storm your capitals, not storm uh, per se, but stand at your capitals and demand that your people start the secession process. It would be, it would be so great if everyone could, could write a list of the top seven reasons why to do that and to have this conversation at every level wide, every level deep, uh, based on the, the principles of limited government from our founding as a remedy for what's going on today. And is secession the question? Because if the right questions get asked and examined, the answers will come. And it's a very right question. Has the federal government... I, I can barely get the words out in order because the answer is so strong for me. Has the federal government exceeded the mandates of the Constitution and, and its amendments beyond the shadow of a doubt? Who was supposed to be guarding the guards, the American people? So here's a great point that wraps up, that kind of wraps this up. All of the time and the yelling and the screaming, complaining about what Washington is doing. We need to turn that spotlight right in our faces and hold each other accountable and teach each other like we're doing and we're trying to do for all the listeners. It's us. It's us. It's us. Washington and our representatives and the clowns that stay in office for decades, they couldn't do it. If we didn't let them, if we weren't asleep at the wheel, if we hadn't abdicated our responsibility, if we hadn't let generation after generation grow up, live and die and never know that our job as citizens was to uh, hold our representatives feet to the fire and demand the, uh, the adherence to 
the Constitution and to only implement policies, laws, and take actions that advance freedom, increase the sphere of our rights, and maintain a level playing field. To your point about corporations, we're ch choking. We're, we're, we're buried under the weight of what's done to us by the evil, evil elite at the, who own the corporations who run our government run amok because a fair judicial system would have protected this thing you don't hear about anymore, the public good, which is where the government is supposed to just be a neutral referee and umpire between our disputes. Uh, we need to learn the lessons. I always say walk the path the founders walked. Read who they read. You know, Thomas Jefferson talks about the Blackstones, the Locks, the Plato, uh, the Bible. You know, they, they got uh, ideas from a lot of places. So unless we walk their walk and then dive into their writings, and I'm not talking about what people wrote about them. I'm talking about the letters they wrote that are in the National Archives, which isn't mm -hmm. taught at school. But you have to really hunt to find this education now because schools aren't going to teach it. You That's know, right. you can get some at Hillsdale College or Prager. But I always tell people, take the journey yourself. Look it up. Read it. You can find it in the National Archives. Look for Thomas Jefferson's letters. Mm -hmm. Abigail Adams, her letters are amazing that she wrote to John Adams. Mm -hmm. Walk the walk that they walked. Journey yeah. their path, and you'll understand liberty and freedom and what this country was meant to be more efficiently than if you listen to what people are telling you it should be. And, and yeah. this is the problem. You said it. We used to be a country that believed in patriotism, that believed in liberty. We were the, the beacon of light like our founding fathers wanted and Reagan said where everybody wanted to come to. No more. The rest of the world has made us more like them. And that's not how it was supposed to be because I'm asking you, if we lose liberty in America, if we lose our republic, where are you going to go? You know, there is no vacant islands where I can go build Timtopia and, and restart the Constitution. That's why I say secession and the states threatening to leave will start the conversation. I'm not saying you have to back that up with violence or anything else, but we have to start conversations with our government to let them know we're fed up with the abuse of power that they've taken. And this is what the book, yeah. as I said, I'm here with Bruce D. Torres. He's the author of God School 9-11 and JFK. You can find it on the America Out Loud Network. But Bruce, how do we get this education if people aren't researchers like me and you? Well, individually... Tim, we've got to do all that we can. You are. I'm trying to. And, uh, you know, those those four things in my in my title, God School, 9 JFK, those are huge chapters. The chapter right after JFK is a brief history of the United States where it reviews a lot of this. And it's followed by a chapter called COVID-19. And then it ends with a thing called uh, check, please. But there's 46 pages of resources in that. So I, I guess it's. Everywhere we can, the, you know, the, it, it's to definitely, like you just said, read the literature of the founding, the, the letters of Abigail Adams, everything you can read. This is a, if folks could start to read the literature and the writings of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson right there, it would, it could open all, it could open this up. And, and then it's to be committed to it because it's, it's our job. It's just, it's just our job and in every way, shape or form. And the technology lets everybody record something, record something, put something out there. 
you know, and we have to be very creative because the large platforms, uh, Facebook and YouTube, they're banning, they're censoring, they're dumping, they're preventing this uh, knowledge and these conversations from happening. We have to set ourselves on fire about it because just, just because, just because. You know, they say freedom isn't free. There's a cost to it. And there's That's a right. cost on getting your news from people who are so liberal and they control corporate media that they don't allow adult conversation. And the Zuckerbergs of the world, the Bill Gates of the world, they don't want adult conversation because they're so much smarter than you. I love it how a guy who stole the concept for a computer thinks he's an expert in everything. You know, I tell people all the time, my education never ends. I'm always reading, researching. That's why I love books. I love the yes. actual books, you know, not the Kindle. Uh, you know, there's times I listen to a book on tape, but I try to listen to the book in my own mind. And so... Uh, it's it's just amazing to me. Do you have a final message for the listeners about uh, the book, God School, 9-11 and JFK? One of the most empowering things I do personally is I, I turn everything off and I try to sit outside. I try to take walks because there is so much wisdom in reality and the Native American traditions and their their beliefs and their, their wisdom and what they teach about Get, and poets, get outside and quiet your own mind and pay attention. Because, here we go, like Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, we lie in the lap of infinite intelligence. When we perceive anything good, we do nothing of ourselves, but we allow a passage to its beams. We're ending, Tim, where we began, talking about God the metaphysical realities, this being an entirely spiritual, loving, conscious, infinite, and eternal realm. There's only one thing that exists, which is that infinite love and consciousness. It's expressing itself as you, as me, in this moment right now. So here it is. Oh, my gosh. Really? Here's the button. Uh, at the... the uh, Temple of Apollo at, at, I think, at Delphi, inscribed in stone, three inscriptions. The first one was, know thyself. Why do you think what you think? Question everything, question authority. I agree, and, and thank you, Bruce. Uh, sit tight. We're going to wrap this up. Folks, you want to know how you can participate. The biggest thing you can do right now is share this. When you get the, the announcement uh, for any show that's done on America Out Loud, retweet it. Put it on your LinkedIn. Put it on your Instagram. Put it on your Facebook. Put it on your Telegraph. Because I'll tell you what, advertising as an author, like my book, Origins of Liberty, Facebook won't let me run an ad on it because of the word liberty. So the, the word of mouth, getting things out there is important. We need you to participate and tell your friends, your neighbors about these shows. And then don't just take what we say for truth research it look it up and say okay tim tim and bruce was a little crazy on this topic fine write me tim alders at live.com and tell me what i can do what we can talk about what what's your passion because the shows we do are for everybody and i'll research any topic and i will get experts on to talk about this stuff because there's people like bruce and i that we get bored and we like to research we like to investigate what's out there in the world and, and look for solutions and and this is the solution 
You're not going to get your kids and grandkids educated about liberty and freedom in the schools. You're not. If you don't supplement that education with massive learning or pull them out of public schools, they are going to be indoctrinated into socialism, and we do not want that as a nation, folks. So until next time, God bless, recruit more disciples, and take care. Look down,